it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An underdog fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, we wrap up practice on August 15th, and I have some leftover thoughts on the opening preseason game based on rewatching the game the last couple days. Don't forget to check out my work on ESPN.com. There's always a nugget up there every day on some aspect of practice, and it's not just from me, but from every NFL Nation writer. Get educated about the league. Let's get to it. I didn't talk much about Samus Reyes after the game, but re-watching the preseason opener for a first time, he did a really nice job. Yeah, he was rough catching the ball, and that's what we've seen in practice. His hands aren't the greatest yet, and we now just have to see how he develops there because I think it does take some time to do so. I do think overall he's steadily improved in this area. Does not yet have a wide catch radius, and I kind of noted that on a, a one throw today in practice where to re-extend his arms, didn't get the ball, and we really haven't seen him do that. The ball isn't on top of him. It's really kind of 50-50 at best. That's why it was good to see him after practice working in the jugs machine. Said he caught 400 balls. But what I liked is that all of them were forcing him to reach out wide. At his size, if he develops a wide catch radius, he could be a big help, like a Logan Thomas who has a wide – he uses every inch of his size. That's what you – if you have a size advantage, don't make your – like I always always tell a guy that you coach in basketball, don't make yourself small. I think Reyes has to play bigger in this area, but that's why he's working on extending his arms and catching the ball. Right now, you know, I like his approach. He takes everything as a lesson and a way to learn. So he did an excellent job with some drive blocks against the Pats and on double team, one double team in particular with Sadiq Charles, but he also badly whipped on a block when he had to move behind the formation on a run play, just really took a bad angle, kind of dipped his shoulder, looked awkward. He did say, he, I asked him about the play today, and he did say it was about taking the right angle, which I agree with. You take a flatter angle, he kind of rounded it, and now you're in a position to maybe drive the guy. I do think it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to learn, for him to learn how to be physical on the move, 
when you got all this stuff going on in your head about taking the right step and taking the right angle, et cetera. When you're driving off the ball, it becomes just a physical presence. So he's got that. He had that down the other night. Let's see how he progresses. I love how coachable he is, and that is obviously going to help. I bring up tight ends because Tameric Hemingway did not play well. He missed practice Sunday with a concussion. I don't know, you know, don't know when he'll be back. But in the game against New England, he was bad. I know they liked him entering camp, and I know they liked what they were seeing early in camp in, in that move tight end role. They felt he could do that. But he got steamrolled on one block and driven back on another. Those are just two that I point out. I don't see him being much of a help based on that, and I do think depth is a concern here. Now, if he progresses and has a good finish, sometimes you learn how to, you know, where you're using your hands and maybe to be able to absorb some of those blocks better. That's all good, but I still have some concerns about the depth. Reyes is still raw. It was a good first outing, but there's a long way to go. I don't think this moves up his timetable. John Bates had some moments where he was okay, others where he's still learning. He's a rookie. I do think he can have a role here, but they need another solid backup. We'll see if Ricky Seals-Jones can win the job. Before camp, I had him on my – I had Hemingway on my – excuse me. Before camp, I had Seals-Jones on the 53-man roster, then switched to Hemingway after a few things I'd heard. I'm not confident in that pick right now at all. Who knows? And, again, we'll have to see how some of these guys develop, especially Reyes, and see when he gets some time against a higher-quality competition – in a preseason game, what does he do with that? With Dustin Hopkins, I asked Ron Rivera Sunday about not bringing in extra competition. Kind of, I was speaking more in general of his philosophy of challenging kickers. Some guys don't like to bring a second kicker into camp unless there's an obvious, obvious, you know, if they, if they feel there's an obvious need to have the competition, um, whatever you say, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about them. And you don't want to waste a, waste a roster spot on another kicker. And also, there are other kickers who are going to be released. That's the, to me, that's a big part of Hopkins' competition is who gets released and how do, what do these guys think of them. And you can always bring them in. It's not that difficult. But sometimes it's good just to bring a guy in to have somebody standing next to you, you know, like, if I don't get my stuff together, then this guy's going to get the job. But even in that situation, I've seen this happen where they'll still bring another guy in who gets cut later on. And I know that one of the things Revere talked about is getting used to a new long snapper. But here's the thing. He's had to learn new ones before in a quicker amount of time because Nick Sundberg has missed time over the last several years, and it didn't take this long. Cameron Cheeseman, a long, new long snapper, does get the ball bit back a bit faster than Sundberg. But in the past, Hopkins had a tendency to rush the approach on his kicks when he didn't need to. I think he did that on the first one that, where he missed it, and then my guess is he hitched on the second one, not because the snap was bad. The snap was a little bit high, but Way got it down, and it wasn't that bad. I've seen him. I've seen. I saw Nick Sundberg occasionally have a snap like that, but I do think that maybe, and without talking to Hopkins, that he wanted to slow his approach. He realized he had to slow down, but he was already kind of into it, and then he missed it. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to tell you what I saw, but I think that's an issue as well, regardless. So it doesn't matter what the reasoning is. It's still an issue. Um, I think it's been something he's had to work on in the past, and it gets him in trouble. I talked to some special teams coaches, who's and not here, who said that timing issues should be worked out within the first two to three weeks of camp. If they're not, there's a much bigger problem. And so I think this is, this absolutely bears watching. And I don't want to just put the, I'm not putting this on the long snapper. I do think, as Ron Rivera said, you talked about the operation. It's got to improve, but I do think it starts with Hopkins. 
That said, I also know Hopkins is dealing with some other personal issues. His brother-in-law has been placed on a ventilator as he deals with COVID. And I pointed this out not to make excuses for him. I do point it out because he's human and he's dealing with some rough shit. And so I, you know, again, that doesn't excuse the kicks, but you know, I sometimes think it's good to see these guys as humans and not just somebody in a helmet. Hey folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance.com to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance.com slash kind k-e-i-m no.com get ready to feel good about your insurance in cutting kelvin Harmon, washington showed how much its depth has improved at the position i like Harmon in his physical style i felt like a couple years ago as a rookie before the injury good in the red zone because of that physical play and i know they felt like that too even the new staff who did not draft him but i didn't think he was going to make the roster I just didn't see him elevating to that after a couple weeks, and clearly neither did, neither did they. He's tough, doesn't have the speed, and have they have some bigger guys with more speed who play special teams, notably Antonio Gandy-Golden, a guy that they drafted. I did think Harmon would be a practice squad candidate, but in releasing him now before the first round of cuts this week, it could be the end of that sort of move. I also know they wondered in the past about could he go to tight end if receiver doesn't, didn't work out? But you don't make that kind of position move now. That's an offseason move if he was still around. As for receiver, rewatching the game, I liked what I saw from Dax Mill. Had a nice return, but I like how he operated out of the slot, the way he set some guys up, created a little bit of space. He's an excellent blocker as he was in college. I think he can help, and will, he will make it difficult to cut him. I don't think he's not going to usurp Adam Humphreys as a slot receiver, but I do think he can play a role here. As for Gandy Golden, and I had him on my initial 53-man roster because they drafted him a year ago, and he was hurt a lot, and you're going to give a guy a chance to see what he can do. The guys who push for him to draft are still here. Scott Turner was one of them. He has shown more this camp than last year, and he can play special teams. The big issue I have with him is how he fares versus press coverage. He struggles with it. He has in practice, and he did so against the Patriots. Watch the games with him when he tries to get up the line. Look at his footwork off the line compared to others who have what is considered a good release. His feet just aren't fluid. They're a little stiffer, not as quick as some others, and I think that gets him into, into trouble because you watch the corners. They're not falling for any of the fakes or any of the stems. They're patient. They're basically saying, I know you're not going to beat me with that because you're not – you're not fooling me. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to watch your feet. When you get that cut, I'm going to be there with you. And that's what kind of is going on. But it doesn't mean he can't help because there are more – not everybody's going to play press all the time. But it is something that will, to me, limit the kind of role he could eventually have if he doesn't improve there. 
Jarrett Patterson got more with the twos and even the ones a little bit today. I don't view that as him being able to unseat the top three, but I do see it as them giving him reps against a higher caliber of defender to see more of what he can do. I did like that. And there was, I watched some of the one-on-one pass pro drills that he had one really nice set and I forget who it was against, but it was progress because that's an area that you're going to have to absolutely improve in if you want to get some actual playing time. Again, the key with him will be how he fares against better competition during the preseason game to see if he's ready to contribute now. I know Rivera said he'd get him some work as a returner. When I saw the kick returners working today, he was one of the up blockers who was back deep. Um, I think the, with the guy he was paired with maybe was Dax Milne, maybe who was, who was back deep. Um, but uh, Patterson was one of the two up back blockers in that role. Speaking of the past pro work, I saw going, going back to John Bates, he had an issue here getting beat to the inside. And I've seen this before. I also see that it takes a real wide base. And I think they asked him to, to based on how he sets, it's a little bit more of a vertical set. And I saw his shoulders are a little bit more perpendicular to the line. I think that gets him in, in, in trouble in his ability to react to a counter move. So he struggled with this area in college as well. Um, you know, so we'll see how that progresses. But I think it's something he has to work on. In that same drill, I saw Reyes get, get beat wide by Cole Holcomb. He allowed Holcomb to get into his chest as he turned the corner, and he really couldn't redirect him. More lessons for him to learn. And same with Bates. I mean, this is all a learning thing for him. The guy's rookie. So, but I do think if you're looking for guys who can jump out or who can contribute as a tight end, I think there's still a lot more to learn here behind, behind Logan Thomas. I've never bought into this quarterback competition. I think Ron Rivera just wanted to make sure that Ryan Fitzpatrick did not feel 100% comfortable, even if we all know the deal. Taylor Heineke just doesn't get much work with the ones. And again, it's, it's, that's how you're going to judge this. However, one reason you won't see any one-on-one interviews with Fitzpatrick anytime soon is because he knows he hasn't officially been named the starter and does not want to go around assuming anything and possibly upset Ron Rivera in any way. So he's respecting the situation and the competition even if we know the real score. Eric Flowers received more work with the first unit today. They're starting to alternate Flowers and Wes Schweitzer. Both are physical, kind of cool either way. Not, not that they're going to ask me. I think they both have their flaws. I think both play physical in the run game. Receiver Cam Sims made a nice leaping catch in the back of the end zone today with the second unit on one drill. It's aligned almost in a tight end roll, kind of a nasty split to the right of the, of the offense, excuse me, to the left of the left tackle. They do like throwing the back of the end zone to tight ends and having a taller receiver who can go up there and get it provides an advantage of what an advantage as well. Actually, Sim scored twice on such play today, one time taking a pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick later in the practice in a red zone drill. Again, having a guy like Sims and Logan Thomas enable the quarterback to throw the ball up where no one else can get it. Heineke did that in the first one. Only Sims had a chance. And Fitz, Fitzpatrick did so on the second. On the second one, it came one play after rookie Jamin Davis made a nice leaping interception and a throw to Thomas, a nice athletic play. I still think that Davis's head is a bit clouded with all they wanted to learn. And if he wants to play Mike, that's what it's going to take. I, I think what, what it requires, though, is patience and time. I did see him attack the line on one run play, beating the blocker to the hole. He did not do that against the Patriots. But when he's playing, and I actually, on this run today, what I liked is he took a read, he took a read step, and then he immediately got to the hole. I thought that was a good, a good job uh, reading the play properly and then reacting. That's what you want to see from him. When he's playing his speed, that's what they hope to see more of from Davis. I also saw him beat Peyton, kind of beat Peyton Barber in a one-on-one in the pass rush. Barber kind of jammed him twice, but then he took Barber and kind of get, got him to the ground and went by him. 
So we'll, I think in that case, the ball may have been out, but it's still, he's, I like the way he stay, stayed with it and, and how he kind of reacted to the end. Anyway, that's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode Monday. Rain is in the forecast. Also, for those of you who want to still play fantasy football, I'll be doing more underdog fantasy football drafts. So pay attention to when I do those. I will be doing one Sunday night. If you're hearing this Monday, it's too late, and I'll do more. Talk to you next time.